Hello, it is The Gist, and I am your host, Chris Vetrano, here every week to break down all the things happening in pop culture and across Bravo. So um, this week, we don't have a ton of shows to actually cover, um, but we do have a couple of hot topics, so let's start there. Um, this one isn't Bravo-related, but it's Bravo-adjacent, because if you remember, one of her best friends is Kelly Ben Simone who you might remember uh, Bethany yelling, go to sleep uh, at one Miss Ben Simone. Um, but of course I'm talking about Gwyneth because if you guys have not been following this Gwyneth Paltrow uh, trial, it was unhinged. It was the most wild line of questioning. And I mean, why isn't Gwyneth one of our housewives is the question that I kept asking myself as, you know, they, um, they were asking her about the impact of this whole, uh, of, of this whole kind of incident that had happened between her and the guy that, that crashed uh, on the ski slopes. And her response is, well, I did lose a half day of skiing. I, it's, I mean, put it in the Louvre, put it in the history books. This is something that will go down in history as one of the most unhinged trials. I'm so obsessed that we're getting these like celebrity trials now and we're seeing so many of these things play out. It's, it's been wild. Um, of course the week, as the week kind of came to a close, uh, Gwyneth, uh, one, she was victorious. Um, she, of course, countersued in this case um, for $1 because all she wanted to do was make sure that she came out um, with the truth. She didn't, well, she wasn't looking for anything. So she was awarded her $1 um, and I think attorney fees, but but yeah, she she did all of that just to, just to kind of stick it to this guy that was trying to essentially capitalize off of the fact that she was Gwyneth Paltrow and hopefully get some money. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was wild. It was a wild trial. You probably have seen tons of memes and clips online, but if you haven't, I urge you to do that because that will start your week off with just the most LOLs that you've had in a while. And we all know that we could use some of those. Um, but other hot topics happening in the Bravo space. So Jen Shaw, who we know uh, is currently serving time in prison, she, um, her sentence, it was released in some paperwork of her release date. And it looks as though her sentence has been reduced by one year. So, uh, I mean, assuming that she has good behavior and she doesn't pop off, uh, we may be getting Jen Shaw back sooner than we thought. And then other news, uh, Eva Marcel, formerly of our Real Housewives of Atlanta, and her husband, Michael Sterling, uh, filed for divorce. So Eva clearly filed for divorce. It came out in the news, and then Michael released a statement that he was unwilling to get divorced and that he was going to fight for Eva um, so I think we're still waiting to see kind of what happens there, but Eva is not currently on Atlanta, so we're not going to see this play out, though we will probably see it play out in news, in news stories. So, um, hope that whatever, uh, it is for them, uh, they either work it out or move on into a, a more healthy space. And then, um, other, uh, legal news, a uh, lot of legal stuff I'm realizing. Uh, other legal news is that we, the long awaited hearing for Raquel and Sheena's restraining order, uh, finally happened or sort of happened. Um, as we know, Raquel claims that she tried to drop the restraining order. She didn't actually do that. She tried to drop it the day after the reunion filmed, which 
you know, fuck her, honestly, because we wanted Sheena and her to come face to face and she didn't give us that in that reunion. They had to separate those two in order to like be compliant with that restraining order. And that was some bullshit. And so Sheena and her lawyers showed up for that hearing to tell their side of the story and prove that all of this was a PR stunt, that Raquel was not punched, that she did not get a black eye from Sheena. And uh, Raquel didn't show up. So Sheena never got to try, get to say her piece. Um, she wasted everyone's time. She showed up. She looked great in her suit. She was using legal jargon with TMZ as she was exiting the building. Um, but yeah, she, she did not show up. So the uh, judge dismissed the case and the restraining order is no more. And then later we found out why Raquel didn't show up was because she, he, she was having a little sleepover with Tom Sandoval at uh, Tom and Ariana's house. So continues to rub salt into that wound. Sounds like those two are making a go of it. We do know that they went and had dinner after the reunion filmed at the restaurant where Tom and Ariana celebrated their anniversary. So, um, you know, they're just they're just continuing to win brownie points with people. Um, so it doesn't seem like they're that they're too concerned with uh, how people are feeling about them. But um, so those garbage humans continue to exist. And um, what else? Oh, and then so this week we also got so we're still waiting on the Real Housewives of OC um, Orange County uh, trailer to drop. And even Tamra is like, where's our trailer? Like, we're all ready to see the return of Tamra uh, judge on our on our screens we're not getting that yet but i have a feeling that um i was i was looking at some of the timelines of when some of the other shows will be wrapping and ending and i and i actually think that we are probably about two weeks out from seeing the oc trailer and then uh because i'm assuming that it's gonna probably uh air end of may early June is, is just my hunch. So if that's the case, the trailer should probably be dropping in a couple of weeks. But, and the reason that I did, I come up with that is because May 7th, Real Housewives of Atlanta is back and we just got the trailer um, this week. And, you know, it's all the same ladies from last week. We didn't get any newbies join as full-time characters, um, but it looks great i well first of all just the cast photo if you guys remember they were really unhappy with the cast photo last year and so the ladies band together and uh and hired their own photographer and set up and did all of their own photos because they were like screw this bravo's not putting in the money for us to have these great photos so we're just gonna do our own photo shoot and we're gonna have our own promotions on our socials and in our platforms for our series um clearly bravo got that message they've also probably been looking at how peacock is showing up with real housewives of miami looks and that uh Ultimate Girls Trip cast photo was incredible. So I think that Bravo is like turning up the heat. But yeah, the Atlanta photo, if you haven't seen it, it's giving everything. It's like giving Donna Summer. It's giving disco vibes. I am obsessed with it. Um, but also obsessed with that trailer because the season looks good. Candy is popping off. I was like, I kept, you know, sometimes Candy gets a little sleepy and I have a feeling that producers sort of poked her because there was so much talk of whether or not Phaedra was going to come back. And I feel like 
you know, Candy has given an ultimatum to the producers that she will not film with Phaedra. And so I feel like there were conversations had where they were like, well, then you better step up because if we're not going to bring her back because of you, you've got to deliver because boy, does she ever. She's delivering. Marlo's getting her man uh, or maybe men's. I don't know. We we don't know yet, but we will find out. Uh, we obviously find out that or we know that Drew um, has filed for divorce and the cameras actually had to pick back up in order to get that reaction. But we saw a little bit of that in the trailer. Um, it sounds like we're going to that there was some problems that they probably already were filming throughout the season. So we're going to we're going to see how all of that plays out. Um, but yeah, it's you know, we got Sheree, we got Kenya. Um, I I I was loving what I was seeing. It was like it was also a really long trailer, I felt. So it I guess that means that we have a lot of story to tell. So I'm I'm excited. May 7th, that's premiering. And then also this week we got or last week, we got a um Summer House Martha's Vineyard trailer. So we're getting a spin-off to Summer House, all black cast, um, in Martha's Vineyard. And also I you know, sometimes I don't like, like when they did the Southern Charm spinoff, uh, I didn't love that. I just, I don't know. It's like, could we not just come up with another name and rebrand this as something else? I, you know, Bravo always wants to like get its franchise on. And it's like, sometimes it, something can be a standalone. And I don't know that we need like it to be called Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Maybe we just call it like Martha's Vineyard, or we call it something else. That's probably, I need more time to like uh, marinate on what that could be. But, but the, I, what I will say is that that trailer looked great too. And it actually looks like it, it has some meaty stuff. So I'm going to be watching. It's going to be on after the premiere of Real Housewives of Atlanta. So this is our new Sunday night lineup. We're getting Real Housewives of Atlanta and then Summer House Martha's Vineyard. And that cast, the thing I liked about the cast too is that it what they weren't starting them with like a lot of young kids. And I'm wondering if that's because Summer House itself, as we've been talking about here, and it will this will be a good segue into Summer House, but is that like they started young, now they're all like getting married and they're becoming adults and they're owning their own businesses. And it's like that the cast has sort of lost their way. And so this cast seems like they're a little bit older. There's already a married couple, it seems. Um, it just, it, they seem more established and more mature, but they're still down to party and have a great time. And so I, um, I, I thought that it looked really good. And, and I think that's, that's a, probably a smart move. So um, Summer House Martha's Vineyard and Real Housewives of Atlanta both premiere May 7th. Uh, you know, we'll be chatting about it here. Um, but I guess we'll just move right into this week's episodes, um, starting with Summer House. Um, you know, we got a lot of like little clips of everyone working together. We got a glimpse of Craig from Southern Charm. Uh, he he and Craig, to, uh, or he and Craig, uh, he and Paige together. Um, Craig should be with himself because he does love himself that much. But um, he and Paige are talking about potentially, you know, making steps towards moving in. Craig's asking if he can have like maybe a drawer or a closet and, you know, start leaving some stuff at pages um, so he can be around more. Um, and I, I like these two together. I think, I think that they could go the distance. Um, but uh, I, it was kind of just a, a quick Craig cameo. We didn't, he didn't go to the uh, Hamptons with her. And then um, we got the, 
you know, the Lindsay Amanda lunch meeting. Um, so at the end of last episode, Lindsay, uh, Lindsay asked Amanda if she wanted to go meet for lunch and clear the air. And I think it went well. They ultimately, you know, found some common ground, but I'm not sure if it actually felt resolved. It seemed like they both said the same things of like, well, you know, we should be having fun and we should be friends because our men are our best friends. And so it should be like our summer, but I don't know if these girls really actually truly like each other. So I, I, I thought that it was like, I don't know where we're landing with that. I think time will tell, but I I'm guessing that this isn't resolved, but at least the lunch didn't pop off. Um, uh, as people are headed to the house, we found out that Robert is in the house. So Danielle's boyfriend and chef, to all of these people, apparently. Um, he came basically just to cook dinner for everyone. Um, but right away, even in the car ride up there, uh, it's you could just sense an energy. He, Robert seemed disconnected. They didn't feel they didn't feel like the way that they had in previous seasons. And as we know, they have since uh, the show has stopped filming, uh, they have actually broken up. So I think that we're I think we're seeing some of the maybe reason why there's definitely a divide, um, which then we later see in the show, you know, she's, they're all out partying. She goes up to bed. She's texting him like, Hey, come, come to bed, come to bed. And it's like hours are going by and he's just like ignoring her and, and staying up with the guys. And so I think that, you know, he's, he's kind of doing his own thing. She's doing her own thing. And, Danielle is grade A and needs to be with someone who is going to take care of her in the best ways. And so I say good riddance because this guy clearly wasn't it. Um, what else? Oh, and then when they um, when they had their dinner, I don't know if you guys caught this, but Paige says to Kyle, she's like, oh, wow, this is the second weekend in a row that I'm sexually attracted to Kyle. Okay. A chill like went through my body because it was giving me Scandaval. I was like, oh God, I have PTSD from Scandaval. I can't hear that. I mean, because Amanda and Paige are like best friends and like, oh, and then the crack of it all. It's like, oh my God, if Paige is now sexually attracted to Kyle, what if they have an affair? What if they've been having an affair this whole time? And this is the sign. This is the red flag. I started going down the deep end. I was not, I was, I was not well when she said that I, I was off. And so, um, this is, this is the impact that Scandaval has had on me. Um, guys, I need help. I need help. Um, then we find out Gabby's feeling off with Sierra. Uh, I think when we were hearing about that and Gabby was kind of talking about Sierra hasn't been very like warm to her. It did make me realize that Sierra seems a little standoffish this year in general. I was like, you know, I, obviously last week we had Karma Brown, bam. And I loved Karma Brown. I like, that was like the Sierra that I sort of remembered. And I think that's why I was so drawn to her being that character. Cause she's kind of like, she's sort of being standoffish in general. I felt so, I think Gabby was feeling that, you know, Danielle at the winery kind of was like trying to, to see, I think she was testing the waters in like a very like smart strategic way with Sierra of like, why don't you like go buddy up with, 
with Gabby and, you know, I'll start buddying up too. And I think like she was trying to help that mend that, that fence a bit for Gabby. Cause I do like Gabby and I think, um, we should, we should see that. Um, and the girls uh, go off and have their girls, uh, their girls night and the boys are back together. So, uh, we see Kyle and Carl kind of in their back in their antics, they're hazing Chris, um, still, I'm not get a, getting a lot from Chris. I think like he's just kind of boring. He just kind of doesn't do a lot. And he talks about how he's a big partier and he has these like horrible sort of like lame pickup lines with Sierra, which are like almost like borderline gross. And I'm just, I'm not getting a lot from him. So, um, and then the girls night is getting ready to pop off because they're coming for Lindsay's relationship. They're asking, you know, is she drinking less because of Carl and is that authentic or is she doing this to like, uh, they're, they're sort of just like questioning her authenticity, I think in this relationship. And I think that there are moments of that, that feel appropriate to question but then there are also moments where if she's in love with this person and he struggles and she makes a decision in her own life to like cut back on these things that should be celebrated and that that decision in itself would be very hard for somebody and so to have like your friends sort of rallying against that it's just it's just a little strange and then you know she talks about like or she makes the comment of like, well, there was no reason for me to go to Montauk without Carl. And Danielle's like, well, I take offense to that because obviously Danielle wants her best friend and she wants to be able to like kiki with her. I did start to wonder though, if Danielle's sensitivity to this whole Carl Lindsay thing is because her own relationship is breaking down. And so to see her best friend in something that she's so head over heels in love and, you know, maybe becoming a little codependent, but who isn't, especially in the beginning of a relationship. And I don't know, it just, I'm wondering if that's where her sensitivity is coming from with all of this, because I do understand you don't want to lose your friend. And I, and I think that there's an element that I like can empathize with Danielle, but then to be so sensitive about it, I am wondering if that's just because she's feeling like su such a divide within her own relationship. So that's where that episode ends. We're going to pick that back up next week. Um, so that's Summer House. Um, we then, of course, we had Jersey and it's I, the pizza pizza gate is where this sort of all happens. Um, you know, it's it opens with a lot of like the continuation. Danielle left the party last week because everyone was talking about like what was the real reason between her brother and hers rift. Um, so we open with kind of everyone the next morning talking about it individually. Then they all come over to Rachel's for uh, a barbecue or whatever kind of party that was. Um, and because in true housewives fashion, it's just like, there's a dinner, then there's a party the next day, then there's another dinner. And, and it's just, it's a lot of event to event to event. Um, but everyone's there again, Danielle gets activated, but she leaves and we need Danielle to not leave. We need her to flip that table and show us her, you know, true star here because she can't run every time that people bring up the situation. And, you know, it does seem odd 
this brother situation does seem odd, but you know, I just need Jackie to back the F off because I don't know why Jackie is, I mean, Danielle needs to get the shirt, get off my jock. She needs to have her Bethany moment because Jackie is just like so obsessed. And it's like, why? Why are you so obsessed with the relationship between her and her brother? Why are you so obsessed with what she's wearing? Why are you so obsessed with the way that she talks? Why are you obsessed with where she's from? She just has such an issue with her. And yeah, I'll just go there. The mid-season trailer um, ended. We got the like, rather than what happens next week, we get the preview of what's to come this season. And also we're in the mid-season already of this. That that concerns me. I, I just always feel like New Jersey is too short. And like, we're now thriving in Jersey. We have like one of the best um, casts that we've had in a long time. And we're like making these too short. Um, but maybe once we get rid of Joe and Melissa and we can move on from that storyline, maybe we'll get like a longer season with these like more seasoned women as Danielle and Rachel kind of step up and take over the new class. But anyways, the mid-season trailer, um, lots to come, but we got to meet the quote new Danielle uh, and, you know, her and Marge going at it. And that was everything. So um, I'm excited to meet the new Danielle. It looks like finally she's not going to run from the party. And, and here we go. Um, but okay, back to Pizzagate, because that's really where all of this sort of goes, is that we eventually learn, so we, or we finally learn what happened. Because as we'll remember, Teresa met Louie. Joe was really supportive of Louie. He was like, wow, this guy's taking care of you. This is everything I could want. Um, I'm so happy. Uh, Louie's so great. And then last season, it's like he the season started and they were, he was at odds. He did not like Louie. It was, everything just felt really off. So we now know, and you know, producers, you know, I, I'm gathering that behind the scenes, producers played Teresa and Joe a little bit against each other and saying, the other one's talking about this, so you better respond. Because even Joe was like, I wasn't going to tell him this story, but if she's talking about it, I'm going to tell it. And Teresa kind of said something in the same vein of like, I was never going to share this information, but it's if it's out there, then I, you know, I'll share my side. So what what it seems as though is Joe came to Louie and Teresa and said let's do a pizza oven and brand it as Nono's Pizza as a tribute to their father. And they thought it was a great idea. And Louis put up $250,000, a quarter of a million dollars to, to invest in this project. Joe put up no money. And so when Louis was working out the contracts and working out the deals, he asked, well, what do we give to Joe? Because Joe's going to be a part of this project too. And, you know, this is this was a kind of a partnership in some kind of way. Well, the legal team or business managers or whomever Louis was working with said, you know, oh yeah, let's give him 5%. Let's move this forward. And so Joe got upset. He got wind of all of this and says he wants 50%. They clearly have some kind of rift in that. 
And so Louis, who's already put in the money, is, I'm assuming, saying we've got to continue to move this thing forward because we've got money riding on this now. So they move forward. And this is where we get like Joe's kind of side of the story is that he found out that there were boxes being made and that it was being branded as like more of a tree, like it's a picture of Teresa with the pizza oven and that he then feels slighted. So he's calling and saying like, you know, what's going on? Why am I like not a part of this? And Teresa's like, you can have 50% if you put up the money, but you haven't put anything in this. So like, this isn't, this deal isn't going well. And so all of this to say, they both are sharing their sides of the story. We don't really know. And I don't know why ultimately Louis lost the quarter of a million dollars because, you know, Teresa's talking about that he lost this money. And I'm guessing that what ended up happening is that he and Teresa just had a conversation of like, this is creating bad blood with your brother. This is his idea to do this. Now we're like doing it. He wants out because he wants 50% or nothing. So maybe we just walk away from this idea. And then like we, we put it at rest because that's the only reason I could see him really losing the money if he had put up all of this money. Um, but you know, when Joe, one thing that rubbed me wrong is when Joe was telling his side of the story, he said, quote, I never want to bury my sister. And I was like, dude, like then don't, because it seems like that's all he wants to do is bury his sister. So anyways, and then the other thing is I'm so tired of Melissa's fake tears when they're talking about this um, with the with Marge and everyone at the table the next morning and Joe and Melissa are talking about it. It's like they cut to Melissa and she's like wiping away nothing. She just has a napkin going to her dry eyes and she's like, oh, it's so sad. And it's like, no, Melissa, you're not crying. This isn't you aren't sad about this. So. I, I'm so tired of Melissa. It just, everything about Melissa and Joe is like become, is just reading really inauthentic, really fake. Nothing feels real for them anymore. And all that they have is to, to try to bury, try to bury Teresa, which is why even him saying, I never want to bury my sister is like irony at its best. So anyways, that's, um, that's kind of what happened there. Then we get, um, you know, at the, at the party. So that was kind of like the pre, we learn all of that. Then we go to the party. And of course I said, you know, um, Margaret and Danielle have their chat, uh, and everyone's kind of like popping off at Danielle again about this like brother situation. And, you know, the, the, the other irony of all of this, and this is where Marge loses me, is she is like everyone's accusing her of being this person that goes around to dig up information so that she has it in her quote arsenal. And then she in her confessionals is like talking to Danielle about Danielle and being like, well, maybe I just call your brother. Maybe I find the real story out from him. And it's like, that's exactly what people are accusing you of doing, Margaret. So you are like revealing your true character. And so that all happens. Um, and then, uh, as I said, that kind of just like goes down the 
down the wrong path. Everyone's yelling about it again. Danielle's like, I'm not talking about this anymore. This is what happened. This, why is this a topic of conversation? I'm out. And she leaves the party again. Um, I did think that, you know, one thing, and I think it was of course, Jackie, cause she just, she can't help herself, but talk shit about everyone else there. But they're talking about Jennifer and Bill and the problems that they were having. And one thing that I really liked in this episode was Dolores, who has some issues with Jen right now. They are they are not well. She came to their defense and she was like, oh, I haven't heard about those. I, I don't think that that's it. Like everyone's got issues. Like she was just like really coming to their defense, like shutting that down. And, you know, that's why I love Dolores. And by the way, she looked flawless in her confessional this week. Oh, she looks so good. Um, I love her. I, I want her to be like my aunt Dolores or, or my, my sister or my aunt. I want, I, I want her in my family. I love her. Um, and then, so then it all kind of starts happening. Uh, Louie pulls Melissa aside to talk to her about all of this because Teresa's like, I'm tired of the drama. I'm tired about like Melissa talking to everyone else about me not inviting her mother. If, if my brother had called me and said, invite them to the wedding, I would have, and let's just like squash this. We're about to get married. I want, this should be the happiest time of my life. And so she's like, Louie, go, go fix it. So Louie goes, pulls Melissa aside, which you could see the fear. I mean, you could just feel her energy was like, she didn't know what was about to happen. Um, I will say, and this is where like Louie had some moments this season or this episode, um, he pulls her aside and then he's like, okay, hold my hand. I really want to hold your hand because I want you to hear me. It's like, mm, I don't know if you need to be holding hands with your sister-in-law or future sister-in-law. That felt a little strange. Um, but you know, it's, he was basically like, this all has gotten out of hand. You know, we like your mother. Your mother's been really sweet to me. There's been issues with Teresa and Teresa didn't feel comfortable inviting them. But you know, if this is going to cause a rift, we don't want that. And we want to be able to talk to each other rather than talk to everybody else about this. And, you know, and then Joe ended up coming over and somehow Louis talking about, I wear your father's pajamas to bed at night to make them comfortable, which is a wild thing to say. And quite frankly, it's disgusting. And I mean, because the way that he said it may, and you see Joe got triggered in that moment. Cause he's like, what the hell is this guy talking about? He's wearing my father's pajamas. So we later learn, and we actually didn't learn this in the episode, but I watched the after show. Teresa explained that, and Dolores backed it up, that there was a lot of clothes that her father had that were never worn, that they just were sitting, like had tags on them, things that she had bought for her father that he never wore. And, you know, Teresa has donated most of those clothes, but apparently this, there was a pair of pajamas that she just gave to Louie, but it's not like Nono had been wearing these pajamas. And then Louie has now put his body inside of these pajamas, which is what it sounded like. And it was wild. I mean, it was not, I mean, I don't even know why he needed to say that because that was, that was very strange, but I can't defend him in that. The, ha the hand hold it, holding and the father's pajamas, that's, that was where he lost me a bit. But 
But I think that ultimately he had like good intentions of what he was trying to do. He's trying to make peace. But then, you know, Teresa comes over and gets involved and Teresa's on fire about it because Teresa's our fiery Italian. And, you know, they're, they start just going after each other again. And then finally, you know, um, Ter Teresa or Joe and Melissa go to leave and Joe and Louie almost come to blows. And, you know, it's just, it's so heated. These two are just like, they won't let anything go and they won't listen to each other. And that I think is the biggest problem is that neither one of them is really listening to the other. And that's where it's like, they're just, they both want to be right. They both want to be the star and it's, it's not working. And it's just very clear that it's not. And I thought, you know, it was really interesting because um, one of the quotes that Jennifer said in her confessional is any opportunity that Joe and Melissa have to make Teresa look bad, they double down on it. And that is so true. And that's what I was talking about earlier when I was like, I just don't get them because I used to like them. I used to like Melissa a lot. I always thought that she was fun for the show. Joe was obviously our Joey Gorga. He had some epic moments on this show. But over the last few years, they've really just started to hang on to this Teresa storyline. And it's like, they're really trying to craft a narrative that just doesn't exist. And then there are these moments where it's like, when somebody is kicking Teresa, they seem to be the ones that are making sure that Teresa can't get back up. And they do that in a lot of different ways while saying that they're really supportive and that they're doing all of these things to support Teresa, but they don't show that in their actions. And that is becoming more and more visible, especially this season. And I really think because Teresa had a bit of a hard season or at least a hard reunion last season where she didn't come off great. And there was a lot of talk online of like, Teresa can't apologize. She's really toxic. She like won't let things go. She really won't let this Marge stuff go. She, which is part of why she went to therapy because she even said, I didn't like who I was. I didn't like what I, how I looked at that reunion. Like I saw how angry I was that I needed to do something about that. And now that she is, I think they came in, I think I've said this before, but I, I think that they came into this season saying, Teresa is down and we, this is our opportunity to pile everybody on top of Teresa and Louie and make them look like monsters. And I think that they wanted, they were hoping that they could get Teresa off the show and they do not have that power because this is Teresa's show without Teresa, Jersey doesn't exist. And maybe Danielle and Rachel are our new cast of characters that could potentially have this like future reign. But nobody on that cast today, I mean, Dolores doesn't exist without a Teresa. I love Dolores. She's an incredible side player, but she is Teresa's best friend or was and, and still is like very close to her. She doesn't have she doesn't play in if there's no Teresa there. There's Margaret would have very little storyline if Teresa wasn't there. Jen Aiden, who's an incredible housewife and so funny and loony tunes, she is on Team Teresa and we love the two of them together. It's just nobody nobody has anything without Teresa and certainly Joe and Melissa, who 
all they ever talk about is Teresa. So when you eliminate that, then what? And so for them to be like saying, we're so supportive and we're so tired of this because we're always the good guys and, and all of this. And then every single time that she's down, they take it to the next level and they try to like really make her look like a monster. And it's it's a lot. So that is, um, that's kind of what where we landed with Jersey this week. I am excited to see what's to come for the rest of the season. And then on Vanderpump Rules this week, we have, um, you know, we just actually, we don't have a lot on Vanderpump Rules. I felt like it was a bit of a filler episode. It's like, at this point, I'm just like, give us Scandaval. We're ready for it. I'm ready to get there. You know, um, we got um, just a, like, a, especially the beginning of the episode, it just felt like a lot of filler scenes. There was a, you know, James's dad, there was um, the the tasting at uh, Schwartz and Sandy's uh, where they Schwartz says that he and Katie hugged it out from their fallout last episode. Um, and he was like, yeah, we had a text exchange uh, and hugged it out. And then it showed the text exchange. I did not seem as though anything was resolved in that. He basically was like, oh, don't be mad. Sometimes you just have to call a truce and, and walk away or something. And she I can't remember what she said, but it was like essentially didn't acknowledge that he that they were better. Um, but she did come to the tasting. Um, we got some some alley scenes with James. I have to say he really goes after these dummies. And, you know, no offense to Ali, um, all the offense to Raquel, but she just is like, I'm not always sure when it, she's on screen, like if there's anything happening behind the eyes. And I don't know, that seems to be what he goes for is that kind of girl that just like maybe can't think for herself because he wants to kind of control them or something. It's, 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 she's old. And honestly, she's not for TV. She doesn't deliver anything on my screen. So I feel her a little desperate of like wanting to be a part of the group and, you know, asking James if she can come to all the wedding stuff and, it feels like maybe she's doing that because she knows there's going to be filming, but it's a, there's really nothing there. So I'm, I'm not interested in her. Um, we have the tea party for, for Sheena, the surprise that she apparently knew about. Um, James showed up to that tea party lit. He was like already on fire and then he's having his pump teenies. Um, he gets him. <laughs> him and uh lisa and lala having that conversation where he's just like off his fucking rocker it was and oh god when he was watching tom and raquel flirt with each other and they kept panning to him like standing right there just oh he was he he is and this and it's actually really sad because he's drinking again because of all of this he sees that raquel is kind of like taking this place in the group that he probably thought that when they ended the engagement raquel was going to go off into obscurity and not be on the show and of course she started sleeping with every character on the show in order for her to stay on it and so he's now seeing that she's relevant to the storyline and it's really gotten, I think it's the reason for his return to drinking. And it's, that's really unhealthy to say, but, but man, James is, is 
a nut. And when he's drinking, it is crazy to, to watch. Um, and then we, uh, we go to Mexico. So we get, we find out that the girls got a space for their sandwich shop. Um, and they start drinking tequila right out of a bag and in the lobby. Um, so tequila Katie is coming back and then we get, uh, Sheena's like welcome dinner that Christina Kelly shows up to. I did think it was sweet that Schwartz and Katie went and had their own private moment. And it seems as though cameras weren't there, that they truly wanted to have like kind of a private celebration that they sold their house and that it was like truly the end to a chapter. And that feels like they really have good intentions to move on in a healthy way from their marriage. I mean, they were best friends and and probably only best friends. And that's what led to the demise. But um but yeah, it, it, that was, that was kind of sweet, but, and, you know, James is popping off at that again. And, um, but, oh man, Ariana yelling at him and, you know, her being like, I'm yelling because I'm, you need to hear me. And she's like clapping and, and waving her arms and yelling. And I was like, Ooh, I love, I love me a mad Ariana. I cannot wait for the scandal of it all. Um, after this scene, I was like, yes, girl, give it to James. Uh, and then Allie is like, yeah, I am starting to realize, like, I don't know who this guy is and uh, maybe this isn't what I want. And she gets up from the table and leaves. That's where the episode ends. Um, I mean, the irony is like at the tea party, James is like, I'm going to get I'm going to propose to her in Mexico and I want to put babies in her. And meanwhile, she's saying, I don't know if this is the guy I want to be with. So they seem misaligned. Um, I mean, hopefully she's ending things with him, right? And I, I think that like, that's probably the best, smartest thing for her. Um, but, but yeah, so that's kind of where we end things. Uh, there's more to come from that dinner uh, next week. And I, uh, again, it was kind of a filler episode. So I'm just ready for the scandal, and I know Sheena is going to be real pissed about that because this is supposed to be her big moment on the show with her wedding, and we're going to get an arc of of Mexico that's all about Sheena, and so it, I'm sure she was salivating at that. But yeah, I'm just kind of ready. I'm ready to get into it. I want to know what what goes on, and yeah, let's let's get into the scandal. So, um, so that was the shows this week. I haven't been covering Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip in Thailand um, on these episodes because on Thursday this week, I have Gibson Johns, who is a journalist, but also a Housewives aficionado. He's going to be coming by the podcast to chat all things Ultimate Girls Trip. So um, while it feels a little bare without our Miami girls, um, we do have our Ultimate Girls Trip. And so I and I which I have been loving, by the way, uh, but I'm going to get into all of that with with Gibson this Thursday. So don't forget to rate and subscribe so you don't miss that or any of the episodes of The Gist. I am Chris Vetrano, thanking you for tuning in and listening week over week. This has been such a fun project this year, and I've been watching the numbers grow, and there's more of you every single week that are tuning in and listening, and I thank you for that. But don't forget to follow me at CM Vetrano on Twitter, TikTok, and of course, Instagram, where we can keep the conversation going, because I'd love to hear from all of you. And um, yeah, until next time, I'm Chris Vetrano. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.
Bye.